Hello, everybody, and welcome back to That Pretentious Book Club. This episode, we are joined by a very special guest, Nicole S. France, YA and middle grade author. I'm so excited. I'm Ash O'Rourke, by the way. And I am just, I'm so excited. I've been looking forward to this all week. I just finished reading her book a couple days ago. I read it in one day, was the whole book, and I couldn't put it down. So it was wonderful. So Nicole, welcome. Did I say your last name correctly? How far off was it? Yes. Yeah, you did a great job. Thank Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. How are you today? How's your weekend been going? Pretty good. It's it's been uh, it's been a really busy week with the book launching um, and my kids going back to school. So it's definitely chaotic, but in a good way. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Well, um, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? I know I, I have some questions after reading your book that I'm going to definitely dive into more. Sure. Yeah. So um, I I live in Massachusetts. I am originally from Cape Cod, um, and uh, I lived in London for a little while, and now I live just outside of Boston um, with my two kids and my husband, and I have two black cats. Um, mm-hmm. I saw that. I, I do, work... too. Oh, you do? I do. Oh, that's so yes. funny. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're crazy. Really... Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're good cats, though. I feel like everyone always says they have great personalities. They are. It's true. And I, I saw this thing that said, um, it's this theory that people have that everyone who has two cats, one cat is an angel and one is just chaos incarnate. Is that true for you? Because <laughs> it is true for me. <laughs> I don't know if either one of ours is an angel, but yeah, we definitely have one who behaves and one who's like a little bit devilish for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, there's a lot of free diving in this book. So spoiler for that, there's a lot of like free diving stuff. Is that personal experience? I'm a little bit obsessed with free diving. I got free dive certified a couple years ago and I love it. So I was oh, so wow. excited to get to see this because usually I'm like, oh yeah, I like free diving and people are like, what is that? And it's in this book. So I felt very excited. Is that, do you have experience with that? No. And in fact, um, so my husband is, um, I don't know. He, he's not really a free diver, but he's very like kind of an enthusiast. Like he, mm-hmm. we snorkel and he really dives really far down. And yeah. so um, I actually have a huge problem with my ears mm-hmm. when I'm diving. I can't go beneath about eight feet before I'm mm-hmm. like in agony and I cannot for the life of me equalize the pressure. <laughs> yeah. So I'm kind of like I would be the worst free diver ever. <laughs> But I'm so fascinated by it, uh-huh. and that's so cool that you do it because uh-huh. I, I honestly find it pretty terrifying. Um, and I think that's part of why I was so intrigued to write a character uh-huh. who did it was I just really wanted to get into the headspace of someone yeah. who like really enjoyed doing that. Well, you um, nailed it because like everything the main character was talking about, free diving and what she loved about it, I was like, yes, yes, this is it. This is what's wonderful about it. That's great to hear because I was uh, not sure I was nailing it. No, you did. You <laughs> so totally you're the nailed first, it. <laughs> you're the first free diver I've talked to who's read it. So I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah, I'm going to actually, I'm going to have to tell all my other free dive friends because I went to a, um, it was a mermaid free dive retreat. And so I'm actually Patty mermaid certified, which is a thing now. So I could like That's perform amazing. and like mermaid shows, but I'm also free dive certified separately. And so all of these women who are all equally nerdy, now we're all Patty Mermaid and Patty Freedive certified together. So I need to remember to like send this book off to all of them because <laughs> they're going to be so into it. It's going to be great. 
And how cool you hang out with people who do mermaid stuff and free diving. It sounds yeah. amazing. It is. It is amazing. But that's, you know, that's what I like so much about books is that you can do the things you could never do in real life. And so if you can't free dive because you have an equalization problem, you can write a character that does. Like if you can't have an actual mermaid tale, you can write a character that's a mermaid. I love it. Absolutely. It's what's magical about it. Um, well, this is something we ask all of our authors who join us. What is your zodiac sign? I am a Virgo, and ah. I'm a pretty textbook Virgo, except yeah. that I'm sometimes late for things, and people are always like, hmm. why are you, <laughs> like, how is this possible? But yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I'm an Aries. My co-host who could not join us today, Kendall, is a, oh my God, Capricorn. I think it's Capricorn. She's going to kill me. Okay. We've been doing this for years <laughs> now, and I still forget hers because I'm an Aries, so I'm like, nothing's as exciting as mine. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. My mom's an Aries, so I've spent oh, a lot of yes, time. Oh, yes, so you're familiar. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we love to talk about ourselves. So, <laughs> what got you into writing? So, I I started writing when I was a kid. Um, I had this fourth grade teacher who would give us writing time every day. So it was a half an hour. You didn't have to write anything specific you could mm -hmm. literally just write like I went to recess today or you could write a story or whatever and so we had to do that every day and I don't know I just I realized as I was having to write every single day how much I just loved creating stories and I remember this feeling of like I couldn't write fast enough because the story mm -hmm. was just like pouring out so fast yeah um and I I just really I started just writing all the time um, and I started writing plays. Um, I used oh. to write plays for my class to put on. Um, that is so cute. I, I made one like it was like, just say no to drugs. And like, we performed it for all the other classes. Oh, my gosh, I love that. Um, it, it was I was kind of a little bit of a nerd too back then. Um, and so like, uh, I don't know, I just kind of kept writing. I wrote just nothing like I wasn't trying to get published or anything. I think this mm -hmm. was before the internet. So like there really wasn't that network where you could mm -hmm. go online and meet other kids who were also trying to be writers, which I think is a lot more common with like yeah. teenagers these days. Oh yeah. So like I kind of just had no idea that I could be an author um, uh -huh. for a really long time. And um, I stopped writing when I graduated from college mm -hmm. and I became an editor because I just really didn't think I could write a whole book. I just mm -hmm. I just thought, well, that's like too much. I could never come up with all those ideas. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to work with other people's writing, uh -huh. which is kind of sad because I really just I wanted to keep working with words and, and mm -hmm. writing, but I just didn't trust myself enough to write a book. Yeah. But then um, when my daughter was born, I found myself at home all this time and nothing to do. I was working part-time. So two days a week, I was just home with her. And when she was taking naps, I didn't really know what to do with myself. Yeah. So I just started writing again. And I just like started in the middle of a book with this random chapter. And I was like, I'm just going to just write and see where this takes me. Mm -hmm. And that sort of, I realized that you don't actually have to know the whole book. Nope. from the beginning and you could just start wherever and just mm -hmm. just see where it takes you and so then I just kind of got caught up in writing again and yeah. decided to try and write a book and get published I love that do you still do any editing work I have edited off and on for years now and it's both like it's it's very satisfying and fulfilling and then it's not because all of a sudden I'm like well, wait a minute I could be working on my own book and I'm still working on other people's books is that something you miss or something you still do at all? 
Um, yeah, I still I still work part time. So I'm I but I edit technology research. Oh, so fun. there's no crossover <laughs> really at all. Um, yeah. I think um, it's good to have the two separate things because yes. yeah, I think it would be tough to be like taking away from my writing time by working on someone else's book. It I is. can totally see where yeah. that's tough. Oh, yeah. So I just I'll usually do it for like three months at a time. And then I'll turn off my profile, my freelance profile, and then I'll go back to my own stuff. But you definitely it's really hard to do the two at once. Mm-hmm. Um, well, about yeah. this book that was wonderful. Do you want to tell us briefly about it? I obviously know because I read it front cover to back cover because it was wonderful. <laughs> but you want to give the listeners an idea of what they have to look forward to? Sure. Um, so the depth is um, it's a YA um, gothic ish novel so I took a bunch of gothic tropes um mm-hmm. like you know the the sort of haunted heroine and the like tortured um dark love interest and instead of setting it in a haunted house I set it on a haunted island uh-huh. um so the um the the sort of synopsis of it is um so it's the story of a girl named Addie who's 17 years old and she's a competitive free diver And just before the book starts, she had an accident while diving and she drowned and was resuscitated. Um, She was technically dead for eight and a half minutes. Um, And as a result, her lungs are very badly injured. And so her mother makes her come along on her honeymoon to Addie's new stepfather, which is incredibly awkward for Addie. Um, but she she really doesn't want her mom to miss the honeymoon. She's trying not to ruin it. She's trying to make the best of the situation. Yeah. So they go to this island called Eulalie Island, and it's a tropical private island, really small. Um, and it has like, you know, white sandy beaches and palm trees and uh, tropical jungles full of only white flowers. Um, and everybody else thinks the island is beautiful, but Addie f- feels like there's something kind of unsettling about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so she sneaks out at night and she meets this boy on the beach. And then the next morning when she wakes up, all the flowers are turning pink. Mm-hmm. And the boy tells her, oh, the island likes you, um, which kind of unsettles her a little bit because she isn't sure that she wants the island to like her. Um, you know, she she feels like she's hearing the birds calling her name in the woods and she's Mm -hmm. starting to sleepwalk. Um, and there's this little girl in the woods who nobody else can see, who keeps asking her to play hide and seek. Mm -hmm. Um, and then she hears about these two girls who died on the Island in the 1800s under mysterious circumstances. So she decides she's going to investigate what happened to them and what the heck is going on with the island now. Yeah. Um, and sort of the deeper she gets into untangling the secrets of the island, the more she starts to realize that um, she might be the island's next victim. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I had no idea what to expect when I picked it up. When it came in the mail, I was like, oh, that's right. The depths, right. I'm going to talk to the author of this book. And I had no idea. And I opened it. And I was like, hang on. Is this like a horror fantasy? Like I had a little bit of like, a House of Salt and Sorrow energy by Erin A. Craig, like that kind of energy. But then, like you said, it's like a straight gothic in a lot of ways, too. And it was amazing. I've already, my brother is reading it right now. My mom <laughs> is waiting to read it when he's done with it. And I've already told everybody awesome. that I know about this book. It was so well, thank good. Thank you. Um, thank you. Of course, you're so welcome. Thank you for bringing it into the world. 
But um, what would you say inspired this story? I mean, you said free diving, you guys, you know, snorkel and stuff, and maybe you don't dive, but it's something that you're interested in. The setting is really unique. Where did that come from? Um, I just, the character, what was, what inspired this? Um, I think, so the island itself was inspired by um, the show Lost. I don't know uh-huh. if you ever watched that show. Oh, yeah. Yes, um, absolutely. <laughs> I was obsessed with that show when it was on TV and mm-hmm. I was so into the idea of a sentient island mm-hmm. that was kind of controlling who could come and go. Yeah. And there were kind of like weird magnetic forces and supernatural things. And um, mm-hmm. I don't know, I I had that idea kind of like just percolating in the back of my mind for a really, really long time. Yeah. Um, and then also Crimson Peak was um, mm-hmm. when I started coming up with the idea, Crimson Peak was about to come out and it was uh-huh. just all over every like, you know, previews and like yes. stills from the movie were everywhere. And I, I just had this idea of like, what if I just kind of mashed up those two ideas? Um, uh-huh. And it was it was kind of more like what I thought Crimson Peak was going to be because it mm-hmm. wasn't out yet. But like, yeah. I just loved the aesthetic. That's exactly. Um, yeah, I hadn't seen the movie either, but I remember loving the aesthetic. Lost, I saw every episode of. But Crimson Peak, I remember yeah. vividly. It's not my usual genre of movie because I'm a weenie. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I'm definitely not brave when it comes to movies. But I do remember yeah, the same. aesthetic. So it's not surprising. I, Crimson Peak is one of the few horror movies that I like forced myself to watch because I wanted to see it so badly. But generally, uh-huh. I'm a wimp about horror movies. I love horror books, but yeah, movies are I can hard do horror books. Yeah, yeah, movies are worse. It's a lot harder. My yeah. husband likes them, so usually he makes me watch them, and then by makes me, I sit on the couch and I read a book. <laughs> but I sit <laughs> with him, so he feels like I'm watching the movie. That's very nice of you. Yes, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Well, what about your writing process? Every writer has a different process. You said when you got back into writing, you jumped in the middle of a book. Is that how you typically work? Like, what's your what's your process like? Yeah, uh, I don't usually jump in in the middle like that. That was just that was kind of just just to get me started. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So I used to not plan anything. And I still if if I could, I probably would keep doing it that way. But now that um, now that I, I have sold one book at least, um, I've had to write books on proposal. So basically uh-huh. you you write 50 pages of it and then you write a synopsis of the whole rest of the book and then you you give that to the publishing house um, mm-hmm. that you're already working with. I think if it's different if you wanted to go with a different company. But um, so I've, I've been forced to have to outline ahead of time and it really is the smarter way to do it. It mm-hmm. saves so much time. Yeah. Um, I, I do still struggle with what, like, I don't know what the character is going to do until they're actually <laughs> until in they actually that get scene. There. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think I'm like, a uh, you know, the plotter slash pantser, mm-hmm. um, thing. I think I'm in the pantser being like, you write by the seat of your pants. I think I'm still inclined towards that, but I'm mm-hmm. slowly reforming my process. Yeah. I'm in the process of doing the same thing. Our our sister podcast, The Scripturian Society, is for writers, and I host that with uh, my college roommate, Carissa Harlow, who's an amazing writer. And we have that discussion all the time. And we established recently, we think that the pantser and plotter phenomenon is a spectrum. Everyone's on the spectrum. I think most of us lean more towards pantser, because I think we all started that way for the most part. And then it it's helpful to plot like it is from a practical perspective, but it's not instinctual at all. Mm-hmm. So 
that's yeah. not surprising. It's the responsible thing. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. It is. It's the responsible thing to do. Uh, would you say that the outlining it is the hardest part or what's the most challenging part of the writing publishing process for you? Yeah, outlining is not my favorite. Um, drafting is also not my favorite. I, <laughs> I love once I have, even if it's a complete mess of a first draft, I'm so mm -hmm. much happier to go in and start fiddling around with it. It's probably yep. my editor brain. Say, it's the editor in you because I totally, yeah. completely get that. Yeah. Yeah. I just, once I, once I, and sometimes I just, I have to make a character say something just to get to the next point. Even yep. it, it makes no sense whatsoever. So then yeah. I just go back and I fix all of that stuff. Yeah. I totally it feels get good that. to do that. Yeah, I agree. I, that's exactly what my writing is like as well. I just went back and I, it was essentially just a complete rewrite of the book, but it felt like it wasn't because I already had a draft mm -hmm. and it looks nothing like what it started as. Um, yeah. Well, do you have a favorite line from this book? Um, so I had one that I, I don't know if it's my favorite, but it really kind of resonated with me. Um, and this is speaking as somebody who has anxiety. Um, <laughs> I, one of the things I really kind of wanted to get into a lot was how Addie does these really scary things, mm -hmm. um, and sort of functions while doing scary things. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of that also is, is, is an anxiety kind of thing where you can be like, yes, I am feeling bad about this right now, but I'm still mm -hmm. gonna do it anyway and I'm gonna yeah. associate a little bit. Yeah. So I ha there's this line where she's um, she's about to do something really scary and she says, I am terrified. I am doing this with fear. I am doing it anyway. Yeah. Um, and I felt like that was something I should probably say myself too sometimes when yeah. I'm scared about doing stuff. I remember that line. I like it really vividly. I talk about this a lot on that pretentious book club because uh, a lot of my favorite quotes come back to fear because I love the idea of, I saw this quote once years ago and I was like, yes, that's it. That's what I want to be. It was uh, somebody said, be afraid and then do it anyways, which just seems mm -hmm. like the simplest concept. But it's so anti-instinct to say, be afraid and do it anyways. Mm -hmm. So the fact that Addie just kind of kept reiterating that was just so nice. It was like so affirming. I was like, that's right. That is what we're supposed to do. And that for me, that's <laughs> also what freediving is about. Because freediving is completely about like trying to like kind of mold your fear into something that can be contained into something you carry with you, but it doesn't control you. It's there. I mean, you're pretty deep and you're completely relying on yourself. So it's not about not having it. It's just doing it anyways. So I love that. Um, that was a great line. And there's a lot of lines like that in this book that were all about her fear. Addie is amazing. She's my hero. <laughs> she makes me be like, I could do competitive free diving. <laughs> I probably couldn't. Oh. I have severe asthma, but. Oh, wow. Yeah. Does that actually, does that make a difference when you're diving, like the pressure and stuff? You know, the pressure doesn't. I did get cleared by my doctor because it's usually caused like by allergies. And so like when you free dive, if you have a cold, if your allergies are bad, you just, you don't dive. Like you just have to be mm -hmm. extra careful. Like if you were scuba diving and any of your equipment was out of sorts, you wouldn't dive with it. So it's the same with free diving. So you just have to be really cognizant of what your body's doing. So basically mm -hmm. if my asthma was bad, I wouldn't be able to free dive. So I could, you know, like fly across the country to some amazing dive location. And if I'm allergic to something or I have a cold, 
then I can't really dive. Like I could oh, swim. No. I could like maybe horizontal dive, but I couldn't dive for depth because mm-hmm. it makes it hard to equalize. And then if you can't get a good enough breath of air because asthma is bad. So it's something you're just supposed to like get clearance from a doctor for first, which I did. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's, there's an extra challenge, but it makes me feel like maybe I could push through. <laughs> But I have to be lucky, but then I'm also like, no, Addie is also like a lesson to why you need to know your limits. Yes, absolutely. Don't do what she did, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's the sort of like role model. Addie's my role model, but we're going to learn from her mistakes. (laughs) I wish I had talked to you before I wrote the book because I am so fascinated. I would have asked you a million questions about everything. Well, I am no expert. I am just like basic level free, like uh, free dive certified. And then a couple of my friends I went to the course with since then, they're like getting their instructor certifications. And I was like... Like, God, who are you wow. people? It's crazy. Even to just get your advanced certification, you have to, it's intense. Like you just have to really train yourself. So I like actually just, I, I saw on your website, you do yoga. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to, yep. yoga is also, it is also really big with free divers. I don't know if it's just because the breathing thing. That's also, I was like, surely she knows about free diving because yoga is really big in the free dive community. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's all that, you know, being really aware of your body stuff. And you do have to be like pretty in shape to free dive, or, to free dive well and safely. Um, and so I was trying to get back into this book inspired me. I like, I got this little like knee pad so I can do more of my yoga stuff again because I have weak joints and I'm a wimp. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. my knees hurt. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so I Yeah, I mine do one. too. I get it. Yeah. And then I got a, um, a book of yoga sequences because I don't like to use my phone while I'm doing yoga. And it's mm-hmm. also, but it's the only way because I don't know enough yoga to just go off the top of my head. And so this book inspired me. I got all my yoga stuff. I'm so excited. My book, it's in the mailbox outside. Like I'm so excited to go get my yoga book and get back into it. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, this book was inspiring many, many ways. Well, if your main character, Addie, could join us, what do you think she would say to the listeners? <sighs> That's a really good question. I think one of the things she learned throughout the book was to stop being so hard on herself. Uh, she She's an extreme perfectionist, um, and she I feel like she probably kind of has to be to have gotten to the level of freediving that she's gotten to. <laughs> Um, and I see this with a lot of really successful people where they really beat themselves up to get to these this level of where they're at. And she kind of has to learn how to take a step back and just let herself fail at things and let herself be human. Yeah. So I think she might say, like, you know, forgive yourself more and like, you know, try and not to beat yourself up over mistakes or perceived failures. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. The idea of a your value is worth more than your accomplishments, which is absolutely very hard, very hard to remember, especially if you are someone who's more of a perfectionist like Addie. Yes. And as a writer too, for sure. Like, it's very hard. It's very hard not to tie yourself to your accomplishments and your extremely hard. Every rejection letter is like, well, I'm clearly worthless. And it's like, no, no, no. (laughs) Yeah. Just haven't found your audience yet. It's not a matter of value. Yeah. Yeah. And it never, it never really ends either. Like now it's like every bad review is like, oh, I'm terrible, you know, and, and you have to, you have You're to like, let no, that no, go. No. Yeah. You got to let it go. Find your value within yourself. It's an ongoing process and you never let, you're never done with it. You just have to right. keep trying to constantly train yourself to do it. And then when you forget, you have to retrain yourself again, kind of like freediving. I haven't done my breathing exercises in 
probably six months. And now I probably could not dive very deep at all because I can't hold my breath very well now. Like it's, you, you're never just done with it. You got to always pick mm-hmm. it up again. Yeah. Well, what are you working on right now? Anything new coming out? Um, so I don't have, I don't have anything under contract right now. I, um, I had four books come out in the space of two years. And so like the past two, the pa- since tw- 2021, mm-hmm. I've had four books come out and okay. I, it was kind of like a freak, like way it all came together like that. And it, it really made me burn out a little bit. So yeah. I am taking a big step back and I don't want to write anything on deadline for a while still. Yeah. So um, I'm just kind of playing with ideas right now. Mm-hmm. And um, I do have a YA that I have written most of a proposal for and I need to fix it up. Um, mm-hmm. It's about two sisters who inherit a museum that has some kind of like weird occult stuff going on. That is cool. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that's encouraging. Concepts. Yeah, this is um, an amazing concept. I need, I need to, it's missing something. And so I need to like, I need to just like, I need to step away from it and mm-hmm. it will come to me eventually, oh, yeah. but it just hasn't yet. So I'm waiting for that to come together. And I'm kind of half working on an adult book right now too, mm-hmm. that really doesn't have a plot yet, but it's about yeah. liminal spaces. So oh, I love that. That's interesting. We'll see what happens. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Um, well, how can people find you, get involved, stay in touch? Um, I know, so let's see, your website is NicoleLesperance.com, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And yep. at, on Instagram, you're at Nicole Lesperance? Uh, yep. It's like N-I-C-O-L-E-S-P-E-R. So it's um, all the Instagram handles were taken by the time I got on of there. So it's a little weird. Um, I'm also more probably most active on Twitter which is gotcha. um, Nick Lesperance on gotcha. Twitter. And I'm trying to be better about Instagram. It's hard. It's a challenge. Yeah. Some weeks we post every day. Some weeks we post a couple times and that's it. Um, yeah. But we'll put all of that down in the show notes as well. So if you guys want to follow Nicole and you should, and you guys have to go out and get this book. This was easily one of my favorite reads of the year, not just because of free diving. That was just a pleasant surprise. It was so good. It was so intense. If you guys liked House of Salt and Sorrows, I think you'll enjoy this because it has some of the same kind of gothic Victorian ghosty vibes, but also this completely unique island twist, which was so delightful. Uh, It's just so good. I'm just trying to make everybody read it. Thank you so much. Of course. And thank you for joining me today. I'm so glad we could chat. I know we moved the date. So thank you for being flexible. No worries. It was really fun. Was there anything else that you want to say to the listeners before we sign off? Thanks for tuning in. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for tuning in. Alrighty. Well, no worries. Um, We will see you guys next week as always for our usual episode. And until then, keep your teacups full, your pinkies high, and your book club pretentious. (laughs) 